Uh, blessings, folks. Thank you for joining with me today. <clears throat> I'm Dale. We're looking at spiritual gifts out of 1 Corinthians 14, so let's jump into it. Uh, let's start at verse 26 where we were yesterday. In the last episode together, we examined this. And we'll, we see what the Lord had to say about uh, those that are gifted with tongues. <clears throat> so he says this, What is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three, and each in turn, and one must interpret. But if there's no interpreter, he must keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So the Lord is bringing a little correction <clears throat> to the body through Paul. Apparently, it had been quite a circus because the Spirit of the Lord was moving upon his people. And yet they didn't really know how to function together properly in a corporate gathering. And you say, well, how can that be? Well, I, I can actually sort of understand that. And remember, if you go, went back to the beginning of First uh, Corinthians, you would see that Paul says you've got everything you need. But there's some problems here. And the problems that he mentions uh, was there was division among them. Some said, I'm of Apollo. Some said, I'm of Paul. I'm of Peter. Some said, I'm of Jesus. So there was division among them, though they were truly saved. Okay? Uh, there was sin in their midst, uh, sin which they were nearly, I think you can nearly say braggadocious about. For instance, there was a man that was having an affair with his father's wife. Okay? You had that type of thing. There were a lot of questions about how they were to function together. Uh, and then there were questions about spiritual gifts. That's the reason he's speaking, uh, writing the way he does in chapter 12, 13, and 14. Uh, remember, Paul tells him the more excellent way is the way of love and everything. But now he's using these two gifts, the tongues and the prophesying, which would have been uh, the most outspoken type of gift. He's showing how to live together and how to function together. So he says, don't let everybody speak at the same time. When you gather together like this for your time together, let there only be two or three. Do it in turn and make sure that somebody has, uh, uh, that someone's gifted to interpret. If they're not gifted to interpret and, and you're not sure there's somebody there, then just be silent and let someone else speak. Now, verse 29, he deals with the prophets, with those who are prophesying. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. <clears throat> let the others what? Well, the idea behind this, and we'll see in the next few verses, is let the other prophets judge what this prophet is speaking. And this isn't limited to prophets in the sense that we think of Isaiah or Daniel or Jeremiah or something like that. He's saying, let those who are prophesying, let those who are speaking forth the truth do so. But let there be two or three of you, not 29 together, okay, in one gathering. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. Next verse, verse 30, but... If a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one must keep <clears throat> silent. Now, what we see here is something which is really quite alien to the Western church today as to how we are to gather together and how we're to speak to one another and how we're to teach and how we're to preach and how we're to receive things. He's saying this, if someone is up speaking and they're prophesying the truth, and they're bringing forth the truth, and a revelation comes to another person that is gifted in a like manner, then let the first one be silent and sit down, and let the next one speak. 
now immediately in our mind, there's all sorts of questions that come about with that. And the questions are often along the line, well, how would you know? How would you know that somebody has a, a revelation? How would you know? Well, I, sometimes it's just a simple thing of body language, folks. Uh, as I've said several times before, I've actually been in a situation for an extended period of time where we did this type of thing. Okay? Where if someone is, was speaking, it wasn't unusual at all for one of the other uh, prophets within the church to wave their hands. Someone else has been gifted with speaking forth the word of the Lord. That they, they would just, you know, wave their hand or let's say that I'm speaking and I look over. This happened quite often. I would look over and I would catch the eye of somebody and I'd go, oh, they, they have something they want to say. And I would say, uh, Rick, you have something you want to share? And he said, yeah, yeah. And it might have been at that moment or sometimes it might have been, uh, yeah, in a minute, go ahead. And the idea being, uh, when you get finished with your thought, what you're saying right there, let me follow you up. And then I would sit down and then he would pick it up and go from there. And you say, well, that, that's, that's, that's sort of strange. That's sort of weird. Let me tell you what that is. That is the body of Christ walking in deference and in honor to one another. That's the body of Christ realizing how much we need one another and the spirit of the Lord moving in and through one another. I dare say that there's been many of us that when someone has been teaching or someone's been preaching or someone's been sharing something, all of a sudden a particular element or a particular thought or a particular thing came to our mind and we'd go, oh man, I wish I could share that. But, you know, the forum, the format really does not allow for that. And that's not the way that you see it biblically. Now, we may actually experience this some in smaller groups like Sunday school classes and Bible studies where there's a give and take, particularly if we create an environment where we do that. And that's wonderful. We should be doing that. Right here it says, if one receives revelation, let the one be seated and the other one uh, speak. Okay? It doesn't mean that it can't go back to them. In other words, you haven't run out of your time and you can't do anymore. No, no. <laughs> the idea being <clears throat> that the Spirit is speaking through his body and he does through different people at different times and you find that it creates such a an atmosphere of wonder and of awe and the glory of the most high god let's just finish out the rest of this and then i think we'll probably run out of time for verse 31 he says you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be exhorted there it is again the idea being that the body of Christ will be exhorted, be uplifted. So you can all prophesy one by one. You still do it all at the same time. And the spirit of prophets are subject to prophets. Boy, people have debated over that right there. And there is a lot to be gleaned and a lot to be understood. Uh, the bottom line, just for the simplicity of the moment in our format here, <clears throat> is that if someone is speaking forth the truth and prophesying something and it's dead wrong, then the prophets are the ones that have given the authority to correct that and show them the more excellent way, okay, the more uh, understanding of what the truth is, that we're subject to one another in that thing. Verse 33 says this, For God's not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So that's sort of a, a thing that he's bringing the conclusion right here of what the understanding was of the prophesying and the tongues, that there had been confusion. 
there had been stress. There hadn't been peace in the way that the Lord had designed the body to be in peace. And he wants it to be like this with all the saints. And so when you're prophesying, sure, let two or three folks prophesy. Okay, don't feel like everybody has to. But if uh, a revelation comes to somebody else, well, let one sit down and one pop up. And you say, well, what if that happens and there's three and it's only been four minutes? Folks, we're not talking about legalism here. What we're talking about quite often is that one person will be speaking. Somebody will say, hey, can I share something? And you go, yeah, and they share that something. Then that other person will pick it back up. And then somebody else say, can I share something? Yeah, then the other person. It's the honoring of one another. It's the honoring of the Holy Spirit, the honoring of the Lord, bringing forth his truth through his body to his body that his body would be exhorted. Well, anyway, my time's up. Again, I'm Dale, and I thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.